Welcome to episode five of Inside Warhawk Athletics, presented by Educators Credit Union. I'm Chris Linicky, Assistant Athletic Director for Strategic Communications and Branding. A couple of conversations today. The first one, Nate Trannell talks with Jace Rindall, the interim defensive coordinator for the Warhawks, also a member of the team from 2005 to 2008. Jace was a former linebacker and member of that 2007 national championship team. That was the first title the Warhawk football team won. So Nate chats with him about Jace's playing days and about his current role with the Warhawks. And then we end the podcast with a conversation between Kelly Storty and her former teammate, Ashley Hoffmeister. Ashley graduated in the spring and is currently an accountant working in public accounting, and so she recalls her four years as a Warhawk, which were memorable, to say the least. She was a conference champion, she was a conference player of the year, and of course a member of that UW-Whitewater golf dynasty, that three straight WIC championships from 2017 through 2019. So Kelly and Ashley have a really nice conversation as uh, former teammates, and they talk about Warhawk Golf. They talk about Ashley's career, Ashley's preparation for each tournament. Uh, She was an excellent competitor, someone who has been referred to by her coach as a steady Eddie. So um, one of those people, one of those players who can go out and shoot you in the 70s every time she goes out. Uh, Just a consistent force. And so Ashley was kind enough to join Kelly for the rest of the podcast. So thanks again for listening and go Warhawks. My name is Nathan Trannell, and I'm a graduate assistant for the Warhawks. Today's guest is former National Player of the Year and current defensive coordinator for the Warhawks, Coach Jace Rindo. Jace played for the Warhawks from 2005 to 2008. During his time at Whitewater, the Warhawks made it to the Stag Bowl all four years, and Jace was a part of the first national championship team here in 2007. Coach, thank you for joining me today. How are things going for you? Thanks, Nathan. I haven't called you that before. Typically, I call you Nate. <laughs> Things are great. Things are great. Awesome. Good, good. Hey, just kind of get this program started. Let's, let's kind of look back on your uh, football career. When did you get started with football? I grew up in a small town, loved sports. Uh, football just kind of naturally was a thing that I really gravitated towards. I didn't end up, I didn't play tackle football until high school, but I know growing up it was the Cambridge Blue Jays on Friday night, the Wisconsin Badgers on Saturday, and then the Green Bay Packers on on Sundays. But always had a love for the sport of football and uh, very thankful and blessed to be able to continue to be a part of the sport. Yeah, so you were originally from Cambridge, Wisconsin. So uh, you went on to play here at Whitewater for four years. Just kind of tell me about that process of choosing Whitewater. Growing up, I always kind of dreamed of being a Badger. Um, Then reality kind of set in a little bit. And the biggest thing was probably my academics. It wasn't wasn't a priority to me growing up. And um, Whitewater became an option. And Coach Simpson was the linebacker coach here. He was really involved in the recruiting process. My high school head coach, Joe Parrish, was a Warhawk. So uh, he didn't force me or anything, but he he shared some some wisdom. And... um, Turned out being a phenomenal decision and loved it so far. That's awesome. But you were a, a part of the program's first national championship game um, in 2005 and 2006. The Warhawks finished second overall. And then your junior year in 2007, you guys were able to win it all. 
What was kind of like the mindset you had going into that game? Going into 2007? So yep. we had a pretty, we had a large senior class. I don't know the exact number, but it was a, a combination. It was a combination of multiple classes because redshirting got removed from, from Division Three football. So our senior class was very large. But we had a lot of experience and a lot of guys that uh, have been a part of the program. And, and at the beginning of that season, it, Coach Leopold took over the program. And uh, the upperclassmen really kind of put the mindset of we're going to finish. Finish the job. Finish the deal. Finish everything that you do, whether it's at practice, in the weight room. And, and that was kind of our, our mindset. We had to replace a lot of skilled, or I shouldn't even say that, a lot of talent from the previous year. But, um, you know, the leadership and and the, the process of becoming better through that course of 2007 put us in a great position. We were high, high underdogs going into that 07 game, and no one really thought we could win the game besides the people in that locker room. So very special. We you played pretty well and definitely a memory that I cherish and will never forget. Yeah, I know that's obviously the program's first national championship and being a part of that. Um, so what was it like knowing that your team had just won the program's first title against an opponent, Mount Union, that you had lost to the previous two years? Yeah, I don't know if there's like words you could say to, you know, tell you what that feeling was like you know it probably didn't set in for months or weeks maybe years after I don't know exactly how but it was special I mean it was special you know you made sure that you you enjoyed the thrill of that victory with the guys that were a part of it so you know the memories that I remember were definitely in the locker room or on the field celebrating hugging and and um, you know being around your teammates awesome yeah, so obviously all the matchups that happened between Whitewater and Mount Union in the early 2000s kind of really created a rivalry uh, that, that still kind of impacts both programs today. In what ways do you think the rivalry influenced Division Three football? I remember growing up um, in Wisconsin knowing who Mount Union was. And, uh, you know, they kind of put their stamp on Division Three football of, of being the powerhouse and and um you know contending for a championship year in year out so you know being able to take them down in 07 and then you know coach leopold building on that and i think coach leopold was six and one against those guys uh you know just basically put uw whitewater on the map and um you know i don't know what that means to to division three football or to the warhawk program now but i you know i, I think it means that Anybody can win and anybody can, you know, put themselves at the podium like that. Um, so, you know, I hope that is an example of when you get the right people on board, you get the right leadership and you get right, the right people heading in the right direction, anything, anything can happen. Yeah, I know that's, that's awesome. Um, kind of switching gears here. So I, after your playing time, you got into coaching. So you started off here for four years. You were left and went to a school in South Dakota and came back in 2015. What what kind of made you want to be a coach? Um, I always loved football, like I alluded to earlier, and I just knew I couldn't go into a fall without football. So uh, I still had credits to, to finish to earn my undergraduate degree, and, and Coach Leopold gave me an opportunity to coach in the 
spring of 2018, fell in love with it. And then I, you know, I was able to continue to coach into the fall and uh, ended up coaching for four years and had a lot of responsibility that I was very fortunate for, grew a lot, made a lot of mistakes. Uh, we had a lot of success, but um, it was a lot of fun. And, and I knew coaching was, was exactly what I wanted to do. Had an opportunity to go out to South Dakota for the, for the Coyotes. And uh, my role out there was kind of at the bottom of the totem pole. I was kind of at the bottom of the hierarchy where you're, you're doing a lot of the, the labor work, which, again, I loved. I loved being hands-on and, and um, you know, putting effort into working hard, long days, all that type of stuff. But I didn't really have a lot of responsibilities when it came to making decisions. And when my time came up at South Dakota, Coach Leopold went out to Buffalo. Coach Bolas got promoted here at Whitewater. And I had conversations with both of them, and, and I was ready to go out to Buffalo. But um, I, I wanted to make decisions. I wanted responsibility, and I wanted to continue to evolve as a coach. And And I know my role up at Buffalo would have been kind of similar to South Dakota, and, and that just didn't sit well inside of me. And I knew at, at Whitewater under Coach Bullis, there was going to be an opportunity to make decisions and have a lot of responsibilities. And uh, that was definitely – definitely the biggest factor in, in making that decision to come back here. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's obviously I've, I've known you for a while and I, that's something that I did not know um, coming from you as well. But the last five seasons you have, you have actually been the run defensive coordinator and the linebackers coach. Kind of tell me about that experience for you. I think when you get into coaching, you know, you initially start with just viewing the field and just viewing the position that you're coaching. So as a linebacker coach, as a young linebacker coach, I was really wired into the three or four linebackers around the field. And then you progress eventually to seeing all 11 guys on the field and how those pieces move together. Then eventually you progress to seeing how all 22 people on the field affect each other, move together, and how all those pieces go together in that puzzle. So that's really what happened probably in the last five years here at Whitewater. You know, really looking at the field with all 11 on the defense. And then eventually the last two years as I, I did more play calling, um, you really wire into all 22 people. So that's probably how that has transpired over the last five years. But I've also grown so much, failed a lot, made a lot of mistakes, a lot of bumps, a lot of peaks, a lot of valleys. Um, but, but I've continued to, I think, get a little bit better every day. And um which I think has prepared me now for, for the next challenge, which will be, you know, managing the entire defense. Right. And that's, that's kind of my next point here is in March that you were named the interim defensive coordinator and the defensive backs coach. So you get the defensive coordinator and then you switch positions as well. Um, congratulations, by the way. Uh, but how is that new role going for you? Well, thanks, Nate. Great. Got great coaches. Awesome. Um, you know, Coach Cortez is, is going to coordinate the run now. We've been together for a while. Um, Coach Martin, he's been we've been together for a couple years. He's going to coach the linebackers. And then, you know, you, Coach Trano and Coach Hevel and Coach Keaton. Uh, we got a lot of guys that are, are um, you know, all in and do a great job. So a lot of fun to lead them. And I'm um, lo looking forward to, to this fall. We've got, got great players, hungry players. Coach Bolas does a great job of setting the standard and leading us and um, very, very excited for this opportunity.
Awesome. Yeah, since uh, since the WEAX announcement of the cancellation of fall sports, uh, how has the coaching staff kind of worked with the players? We've, we've been able to kind of have to adjust and adapt our, our procedures, which is just fine. Those are the cards that are dealt, so we make, we make the most of it. We've been able to have a few meetings with limited numbers in person, and then uh, a lot of the guys are, are, are going to tune in virtually through Zoom. Um, so we've been able to do that, and we're, we're going to push forward. We're, we're still doing some installs and being able to get out in their practice, and the NCAA's allowed us, and our, again, Coach Bull's tremendous job. Callahan, Ryan Callahan, our athletic director, done a great job of giving us the green light. Steve Helmer, Dalton Venden, our, our athletic trainers, outstanding got, job to help us push forward. And uh, we've been, this is week three, I think, and uh, been a lot of fun. We, we've really had to walk into it really slow, very different from previous years, but it is what it is. And uh, I definitely think we're getting better as a, as a defense collectively by having these opportunities. Yeah, and I yeah. obviously this is a completely different year than anybody expected, but like you said before, just get 1% better every day and kind of just roll with the punches. But there is some possibility of some games being played against outside competition this spring. Is that something that you're getting excited about? That is way too far in the future for me to get excited about there, Nate Dog. Um, I would be, that'd be awesome. Competition of any sort, line them up. We're going to keep score. We're going to try to win. And uh, that would be phenomenal. I, I don't know what else to say about it. Um, you know, we're really, really, really focused right now on just getting getting better this fall and, and having a meeting today and, and practice tomorrow. You know, that's really where my, my vision's at. And I'm really nearsighted when it comes to that stuff. But I, I hope the guys can, can have a con can can have some competitions because they they definitely deserve it they're working their tails off and that'd be awesome for the players yep and i i agree with that obviously you gotta don't get too excited about the future just work work on what we're doing now but um last year uh the warhawks obviously we made it back to the national championship game um are you guys using that as motivation for this long off season i don't know if it's national championship or, or any of that stuff i think it's getting your butt kicked um you know not 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 getting it done so there's definitely things that you always pull from previous experiences that help motivate you internally to help you push forward um you know i i think i think you, you got a sour taste in your mouth from how that game played out uh, we we definitely didn't perform as well as we wanted to, or as well as we know we could have. So that that leaves a little bit of bitterness that, again, hopefully you use inter or you can use internally to help motivate yourself. But you know that that's not necessarily something we talk about or that we're we're we got a target or we're going to put it on a sign or anything like that. We're you know every, everybody's got their something to prove inside of them, and and if that's got a little bit to do or has a little bit of something to do with you with your that's, that's great. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's finding a way to get yourself better every day. Yep. And I agree. Kind of going off this motivational piece. I know that uh, Kobe Bryant has been someone that you've done extensive research on lately. Uh, so what are some pointers you can give us on what you have learned? I, um, my mother-in-law bought me a book 
a Kobe book. I read that last August and ended up reading it twice in one week. A lot of pictures in it, but it was still a phenomenal book. And then when he passed away in January, January 26th, that was crazy. And started to dive into him, started to learn more about the Mamba mentality, just kind of how he operated, what his process was. And it's very consistent with what I aspire to do as an individual. And it's also pretty consistent with what we as a program do here at Whitewater. So there's a lot of parallels and a lot of things that you can pull. But the biggest thing I probably pulled from Kobe is is he talks about the biggest thing with him, the Mamba mentality is curiosity. And you got to always be curious to get better, curious to solve problems, curious to find ways to figure this out or figure that out. And um, there's countless amount of stories or interviews from people that, um, you know, Kobe was always trying to pull stuff from. And that, that was probably the biggest thing I've taken away from him and numerous stuff. But have that curiosity. You can always learn something from someone. Doesn't matter who it is. You got to always be curious about finding, finding ways to get better. Yep, and I, I agree completely. And that's kind of here. My next point is kind of for young coaches. What what advice would you give them getting it? What advice would you give them getting into their career right now? Um, if you're a part of a program, whatever role is asked of you, dominate it. The best way to get a promotion is being great at what you are asked to do currently. So um, if, you, if you have a role on a team, dominate it. And then if you're doing great at that and you have extra time, well, then ask for maybe some, some other responsibilities. If you're not a part of a program and you're looking to get into the profession, be around, show up, volunteer. That's the one thing about this profession. You've got to be willing to put two years in of making no money and just learning and building relationships and networking, um, you all had to do it. Not a lot of people get a full-time job at a young age, and and um, you know you got you got to put your time in, and you got to grow, and you got to learn. So those those would be the two things that I would advise: dominate whatever roles asked of you. If you're looking to get into a program, just show up, be around, volunteer, and then um, you will get noticed if you do a great job. Yeah, and that's yeah. Really very good advice. I know I've talked to Ryan Callahan in the past, and he, he told me basically what you said, dominate everything you can, uh, just be a yes man, right? If anybody asks you to go do something, just say yes, be be there all the time for people when you need them. Um, so kind of getting in here, um, in your memories as being a player and a coach, what has been your favorite memory as a player and then as a coach? As a player, it would be definitely the 2007 championship game just celebrating with the teammates and, and that journey and to be able to be a part of the first one was, was awesome. And I think uh, as a coach, there's so many, but probably the first one that jumps at me was in 09 as a young coach. I remember being in the press box in the national championship and winning it. And that was just something that kind of stuck with me with, you know, Danny Jones was a coach and he was right next to me and Jim Zabrowski was our, our offensive coordinator and he was right next to us as well and there's just a couple vivid memories that kind of get engraved in your head that you never forget and there, there's a couple that revolve around that ending of that game in 09 and winning our second championship as a program yeah that's awesome 
So kind of here to finish up, uh, we now have five quick hitter questions for you, Coach. Um, so let's start off with what is your favorite non-perking stadium venue to watch watch or coach football? Lambo. Love it. Favorite professional sports team? Packers. Favorite restaurant in Whitewater? 841. Other than Perkins Stadium, what is your favorite spot on campus? Weight room. And then lastly, what is the pregame ritual? Um, I am a routine guy, like to the utmost. Pre-game, I, I get some music going a little bit, collect my notes, uh, review my notes. Um, I don't know if there's an exact timeline to that. I, you know, eventually I get on the field. I don't like sitting inside. I got too much excitement, so I, I always go outside and, and I help the kickers. I shake balls for the kickers and then uh, help with the returners. Once that's done and we go to our uh, routes on air, I stand over there and on the visitor sideline and, and encourage the offensive guys and DBs. And then uh, after that, they go stretch. I go play co play uh, catch with Coach Cortez. Make sure I can still throw the ball 53.3 yards, which is the width of the football field. Uh, and then it's game time. So I, I don't know if that's what you're looking for, but I, I got to kind of get the – I guess I got to get the, the the before the clock starts on the scoreboard. I got to figure out that routine and get that pencil. And obviously, we eat breakfast four hours before yeah, or no. lunch or whatever meal it is four hours before. So before before that, I don't I don't necessarily you know have specific things I need to do. Um, usually, I got a little Drake playing in the ear. That's the, that's the music go to. Uh, but those are some game day game day rituals. Awesome. Well, Coach, thanks again for joining me today on Inside Warhawk Athletics, presented by Edu Educators Credit Union. I appreciate the time and wish you all the best moving forward. Thanks, Nate. My name is Kelly Storty, and I'm a graduate assistant in sports communication for the Warhawks. Today's guest is Ashley Hoffmeister, a recent graduate from UWW. In her first season as a Warhawk in 2016, she won the WEAC Conference Championship. In the following season at the WEAC Conference Championship Tournament, she was awarded Player of the Year and was runner-up as an individual. She has been awarded Chancellor Scholar Athlete, All-American Scholar, has been named Subway Athlete of the Week multiple times, and so on. In Ashley's final season, she was awarded the WEAC Golf Judy Kruckman Scholar-Athlete, along with First Team All-Conference and WEAC All-Sportsmanship Team. She helped lead the team to three conference tournaments, three conference tournament wins, national tournament appearances, and count countless records broken. Ashley, thank you so much for joining me today. How are things going with you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. It's nice to see of you. Of course. You too. It's <laughs> great to see a face that I know and well, know well. <laughs> I want to start off with your transition from high school to college. How did you transition from being a student um, and an athlete and adjusting to everything new in college? Yeah, for sure. Um, 
I guess for me, it kind of felt like a, it was a challenge, but still kind of an easy transition just because I had played so many sports growing up and felt like I was always super involved and really just busy all the time as a kid. So I kind of felt like it was an, an easy transition, although obviously going to college classes were a lot more difficult and being somewhere in a new place with like a lot more students and uh, new professors and stuff like that was hard to get used to. Um, but I think I just kind of stuck with the same uh, uh, things that I used in high school from college is just staying super organized and always um, staying on top of my studies, but then also, you know, making sure I dedicate time to obviously my sport, but then being available to still hang out with friends and stuff like that. So um, really just kept the same like organization that I had in high school and um, tried to make the most of the experience. Yeah, I definitely think it's important and it for sure helped being an athlete in high school as well, just because you know how to manage your time well, but I'm sure it was an adjustment managing a class load that was definitely more than high school um, coming into college, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And just like, I remember as a freshman too, you're like, just worried, where do I even get to class? Like, where are the classrooms and all the different buildings? Like, Whitewater's campus is still pretty manageable, but that was also a big thing to get used to, is like actually having to walk to class and stuff like that. So, Oh, yeah. You definitely had to stay on top of your game. Yeah. <laughs> So what was the hardest adjustment for you being one of the youngest competitors on the team? You definitely came in and were one of the top girls. How did you, how did you deal with that? Yeah, um, that was a very intimidating experience for sure. Um, I know it was Andrew's first year as the coach as well. So like everything was so new that year. Um, didn't really know anyone prior. I knew a few girls from, um, my visit to campus, but that was about it. But like the whole team was super welcoming. So that helped, um, you know, playing in the top five that year. I never felt, you know, like out of place really. I, I always felt super welcome and everyone was still pushing each other to play their best. So definitely didn't feel uncomfortable at all. Um, and it was kind of similar, like a very similar experience that I had in high school as well, um, because our team was so new when I joined as a freshman in high school um, at New Berlin Eisenhower. It had only been like a program for like two years or something. So it was still like a very growing program. And again, I was like kind of one of the younger ones that was playing um, in our top five. And it, it was a very similar experience. I just, you know, tried to show up every day and work hard and, and just, you know, be a good teammate. That was like just the only thing I could really do at that point. It's like, obviously, I'm going to be looking up to the juniors and seniors. It's not my role to really, you know, take on that leadership role right away. So I just kind of did what I could to be a good teammate and try to make everyone else better. Right. I think that's really important, too. And definitely coming in and being a fierce competitor could be a little bit intimidating, especially because you were joining a team where there was a lot of upperclassmen. But I think you did exactly that. You were always an amazing teammate and always a great competitor and gave it, gave it your all for sure. So I think it's really, really important, especially to younger girls coming into the program, knowing that, yes, you can come in and you can be a fierce competitor, but there also is, you know, the ability to grow. And I know that you definitely grew um, as an athlete and as a person over the four years that you were on the team.
Definitely. Yeah, there's so much you can learn. I mean, there's so much you learn like right away just in the first week of practice from being with all the upperclassmen, just like things about school and how golf works, how all the travel works and all that kind of stuff. I mean, they're just you have to look up to them and it's important to have good leaders when you come in as a new person. Exactly. Definitely. So on top of golf, were you a part of any other organizations and how did you manage your time like through, you know, being in golf, being an athlete, but also trying to be a part of, you know, Whitewater as a whole? Yeah, I was a part of a few other things outside of golf. I, um, right away, I know we had our like Warhawk Leadership Academy, which we are part of as freshmen. Mm -hmm. So then after that experience, I, um, took the role of being like one of the mentors in that program our sophomore year. Um, And that was super fun. It it was still sports related. So it was really nice just to other things that go into sports, you know, the mental side of it. And then obviously nutrition and stuff like that. Like I learned a lot from that experience. Um, But it was, it was kind of nice because it was always like, I mean, we had practice and I would still just be able to go like straight to that afterwards and spend like an hour there. So never really felt like I was overwhelmed um, and then the other organization I was a part of was um, an accounting association. So I ended up switching my major kind of late, um, but I switched to accounting and joined Beta Alpha Psi, which was a super great experience. Um, and it was one of those things too, that was probably a little more difficult to manage with golf because I would leave practice and then have to change into like business casual clothes, like in the car, or like change in Highland, you know, and get to the Um, auditorium for those meetings but I mean it was a super great learning experience to help me network a lot in the accounting field and meet a lot of great resources that helped me you know find an internship and then eventually a full-time job so um, yeah I it was just one of those things where you just had to stay organized and obviously Andrea was always super um, accommodating and understanding of anything that came up with school that was related to you know our major or anything related to class she always thought we needed to put that first. So that was also really helpful that she was so understanding. Right. I think Whitewater does a really, really great job getting students involved. Um, and even if you are, you know, a student athlete, it's it's more than just being an athlete. You're really part of a family. And I think that we definitely got to see that side as going into the program, but also then being mentors for, you know, incoming freshmen. I think that was a huge eye-opening experience that we are part of such a good athletic program and, you know, being able to join other organizations and having your coaches encourage you to do that versus, you know, having them being upset. If you're missing practice, they really, really try to accommodate everyone and everyone's schedule. I think it's makes it a really, really good adjustment for student athletes for sure. Yeah, I think that's unique, too, because I'm sure most student athletes probably don't feel that way if they go to other schools. It's kind of like they just have school and their sport, but we just have so many more opportunities at Whitewater to, you know, seek out those other interests we have and um, develop in other ways. So it's super cool. Yeah, exactly. So my question to you is what would be your biggest tip while trying to balance college, having a social life? academics, sports, and additional activities that you had going on in your life? Uh, Definitely just 
prioritize well. I think that's probably just the major key. I mean, that goes along with organization too, but just knowing each and every day or each and every week what you need to get done um, and playing it out accordingly because there's always time to hang out with friends and do that kind of stuff. I mean, you can always fit it in. You just have to make sure you have your responsibilities taken care of. So um, I think that was like one of the biggest motivators for me too. When I was in school with having so much going on, I would find myself trying to finish homework and other stuff early in the week so that, you know, I did have time to hang out with friends later on because that was such a huge part of the college experience anyways. I mean, as you know, an athlete at Whitewater, the whole athletic family is just super close, you know, and we like to like go to each other's games or that kind of thing. So, you know, right. if there were upcoming events, I'd want to be able to make sure I could go to those and support, you know, other friends that we had on other teams and things like that. So, um, yeah, just prioritizing and making sure that you're on time and that kind of thing, just, you know, the basic stuff. Exactly. Definitely making sure that you were on top of your schoolwork was for sure ultimate. And then really being able to get your schoolwork done allowed you to have all of these other things, allowed you to focus fully on what you had to do at practice and then allowed you to then go to social events that you wanted to go to. So I think that we have it really, really good at D3 because we also have like things like study tables where it was time that was already set aside to help you be successful in the classroom, which ultimately is going to lead you to be successful in sports and then in real life as well. For sure. Yeah, you could be so worried about school sometimes, you know, during practice and then you're just not having a good practice and everything just goes down. Right. And right. <laughs> that's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah, exactly. So going into more about competition, how did you mentally prepare for your competitions in college? Um, I would say I, I kind of made a whole preparation while I was in college because coming in as a freshman I didn't really have any sort of like specific prep I did to be honest like I just kind mm -hmm. of showed up and was like oh I, I know what I'm I know how to play and that's kind of it um afterwards though I mean once I started to learn more about the game and having Andrea to um just talk through some of the things about the course every week and um you know just sometimes we would do like drive-throughs of the course prior to the tournament. I always thought that helped, but I think the main thing I started to do was just like visualize things. So, I mean, I I really took it upon myself to try to make sure I was managing the course super well because I knew there were gonna be days where I was like not gonna hit the ball perfect and I was gonna get frustrated with how I was hitting the ball. But I was like, if I can just manage the course well enough where I'm not putting myself into trouble or, you know, just shooting super high numbers, if I can just make sure I know where I want to hit or, you know, make sure I don't hit the worst miss on the hole or stuff like that, you know, just like knowing where those spots were was super helpful. So, yeah, I think I, the main thing was just like on the van ride there or even like the night prior, like the night before when you're just about to like go to bed, you're just like thinking through some of the holes maybe that you know are going to be a little tougher for you. It's like, okay, what do I really want to focus on here? Like, what is the, you know, should I aim at this side of the green or is there a safe spot that I can go to? Stuff like that. Um, just really knowing the course ahead of time. And, and then even if we didn't know anything about the course, which happens sometimes, um, just trying to be level headed and just trying to go in confident. Um, obviously, we all have really bad 
driving range sessions before the round. It happens, you know, but like, <laughs> definitely always trying to go in with a level head and be confident and just take it one shot at a time. That was the main thing. Definitely going through the course is something that Andrea always had encouraged us. I remember whenever we would be traveling to a tournament in our van rides, Andrea would sometimes walk us through, you know, each and every hole or we would get scorecards before the round and make sure we knew where we were trying to place the ball. And I think you did that very, very well. You definitely were very, very level-headed on the golf course. So being able to just place the ball where you want it, even if it's not the best shot, I definitely think helped you stay out of tricky situations. And just that that confidence that you do know how to play golf and that you know the golf course. And I think that definitely is really, really important. Yeah, just having make, like making sure you didn't have any surprises was like the best thing, knowing like, okay, I know exactly what's coming. I just have to handle it the best I can and that's the best you can do right exactly so not everyone may know this but your body language on the golf course is very very neutral no one could really tell what you were doing or what was going on but how did you stay so calm like during intense competition can you walk me through like how you did that yeah um I, I think it's kind of what I mentioned earlier, but just trying to be level-headed. So I think it was kind of just a mental switch that went off for me um, as I was growing as a player was the fact that I was not going to hit a perfect shot every time and that I had to accept bad shots. Um, I remember having really bad frustration being a younger golfer when I would hit a bad shot and I would look back on it after after the round and be like, why was I so frustrated? You know, like it was one bad shot. I easily could have just made up for it right after that, but instead I let it snowball. So I think having enough of those experiences where I saw that in myself, I was able to kind of make that change in my game and mentally on the course, just be able to, I mean, really just take a deep breath. That was the main thing was, okay, that's over. There's really nothing I can do about that now. You know, I, I just hit it in the water. I'm gonna have to take a drop. That's that's just how it's gonna go. So um, just basically accepting the reality that you're gonna hit bad shots, but then switching your mindset to the next shot right away and just saying, you know, I have full control over what happens next. I'm going to take a deep breath and go from there. You know, I think that was the biggest change in mentality that I had that was really helpful, um, going, especially in like tougher tournaments when, you know, the weather's bad and stuff like that, when there's conditions that you can't control, but just doing everything in your power to hit the best shot that you could, at, you know, after that. So, Yeah, you definitely did a great job. I remember walking up to you on multiple tee boxes, like every, you know, every other weekend when I would see you and you could be shooting a 95 and have a smile on your face, or you could be shooting a 72 and still have a smile on your face. So I think you really went out there and enjoyed the competition and enjoyed what you were doing. And you took every shot as it was, and you just tried to get better on each and every one. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. So we touched on this a little bit before, but how would you regroup from um day to day if you didn't have performance that was what you wanted it to be yeah i think after an entire round um i would kind of just go through the round and see maybe you know maybe there were some holes that i ended up kind of snowballing on or maybe 
there was a place that um, I hit the ball where I, I thought I really I wanted to be, but it turned out that it wasn't a great spot. So just like making those adjustments from day to day, like at the same course, I think was a big key, um, especially with greens. You know, sometimes there's some tricky parts of the greens that you don't realize are there until you're you're putting on them. You know, so I think um, making those adjustments day to day, but then also just my swing. If my swing fell off. Um, usually I would just try to go back to my tempo. So the biggest thing for me sometimes is I would just try to hit the ball too hard, really. I would just kind of overswing and turn my hand over. And, and usually my miss was just like pulling it pretty bad. And and so I think the adjustment I had to make there was really just slow down my swing, focus on my tempo, um, and just really swing smooth. Because that, that always used to be the, the worst thing that would happen to me after the first day. I'm like, oh gosh, this is going to happen to me all day tomorrow too if I don't you know focus on this on the range either afterwards or the next morning um just like get myself back on track so I think that was probably the biggest thing I would have to change day to day but um other than that probably the speed of the greens usually um that was a tricky thing to figure out the first day sometimes so whether that was spending some time after the round on the green or extra time in the morning the day before um or the day after I think um, that was also a big adjustment that, that we all had to make, really, to be honest, um, once we found out how the course was the first day of the tournament. Right. Golf is so difficult because each day the conditions change, especially, you know, like you said, with the speed of the greens. So you really just have to accept what happened day one, it being good or bad, and then regroup and refocus and just remember that you have the skill to do what you're doing and just take that into day two definitely I mean we did that really well too we always came out firing the second or third day so we figured that one out <laughs> for sure we did really really well at that <laughs> so what growth did you see through your four years here at Whitewater not only in academics but also in athletics um, athletically, I think the biggest thing I'll take away from golf is just really the mental side of everything. Um, obviously, I still um, focused on staying in good shape and eating well and that kind of thing, which I'll continue to do. But really just the mental challenge that golf is, I think, can translate to pretty much anything else in life, whether that's work or just life in general. Um, and I think that's something that you really, I mean, once you learn it, it's like a really good gift that you'll have for the rest of your life. Um, just being able to deal with those mental challenges that golf has, because I mean, it, even though it is a team sport, when you're out on the course, sometimes you feel like you're just all alone and you have no one to look to but yourself. So just in those moments of um, really pure frustration or anger or sadness or whatever it is, just being able to bounce back and being able to um, accept whatever has happened and move forward, I think is the biggest takeaway that um, you could take pretty much from any sport, but especially golf, just with how mentally challenging it is. Right. I definitely agree with you for sure. So what is your most memorable, memorable athletic moment at Whitewater? Ooh, that was a tough question. We had so many good ones. Um, I would probably have to say conference this, well, I guess it'd be last fall when we were all seniors. Um, that was 
one of the coolest moments ever. Um, I think it was just all around one of the best tournaments I've ever been a part of. But um, just that last day, I remember since we had played so many holes that day, it was like crazy that we weren't all ending on 18. And I remember just being super stressed out, not knowing what was going on, not like getting any vibe from the crowd or anything at all, and just being completely lost on if we had won or not. But then like coming up to the clubhouse and like seeing all of you guys standing there and like everyone's just like whispering like, oh, I think we won. Like, I think we did it. And that whole moment was just like my favorite thing because I mean, we had gone through so much that weekend, like not playing our best golf, but then bouncing back. And then all of us, I mean, having so many seniors together, that was just like the coolest moment for sure. I think it also showed how much strength we had as a team mentally and um, physically, just because every other conference tournament was we had played in and you know, we are coming to 15, 16, 17, and we already had known that we won. Mm -hmm. So just being able to stay totally focused in the zone and it being such a surprise to us, I think was so meaningful because we truly were ecstatic that we won once again. Right. It was just like pure happiness. I mean, most of the time people would think, oh, they won their third in a row. They probably expected to, but we didn't at all. We knew it was going to be tough. And we knew it was going to come down to the last hole, no matter where we were on the course. So, I mean, I think that just proves how much all of us grew, you know, up to the, up to that last tournament, because we never second guess ourselves at all. We were like, we got this. It doesn't matter what happens. Like we're going to make sure we do our best. And it ended up being enough. That was, that was so cool. Yes. It's definitely something I don't think any of us will forget definitely not no so what was your favorite thing about the whitewater golf program I know that you weren't recruited by Andrea and you came into a program that was evolving so what ended up being your favorite part about the golf program as a whole I think my favorite thing was just the fact that we were originally an underdog always um, I think that was kind of the coolest part is we the team didn't have a ton of success um, for a while, and it was kind of a, a struggle, which um, you know happens to all teams. So I think just the fact that we were able to take that reputation that we had and switch it to become a winning team where like their target was on us, I think was just incredible how we you know made that switch. And then just from the standard of Whitewater and how all the athletics are, I think. It's so focused on just being a good student, but also being a good athlete. I just love that whole um, like mantra, I guess, that they go off of is like you are a student first, but then also you are going to be a very competitive athlete. I think there's a really good balance there, which was one of the reasons I chose Whitewater because I could tell that everyone really enjoyed that aspect. I didn't want to be super overloaded where I ended up not liking golf anymore. You know, that just I think that would have been a waste really. I wanted to be able to make sure that I still looked forward to playing each and every day and Whitewater definitely gave me the opportunity. Right. I agree. Transitioning to life as it is now, has being an athlete helped you in the transition to adulthood and what lessons have you applied into your adult life 
that you learned through athletics? Yeah, it definitely has helped. That's for sure. Um, I, I mean, definitely all the things with organization and time management are helpful, but I think one of the biggest things I've also noticed is just like communication. Um, because as a team member, you are, I mean, you have to communicate with your team members, especially um, for us, Let you know, last year we were seniors, we were looked up to as leaders and we had to communicate messages down to the younger classmen. Um, I think that has helped me a ton in my adult life is just being co- like a competent speaker and being able to um, communicate well with others is a really big uh, plus, I guess, and especially with work and things like that, it, it helps um, just make sure people understand you and, you know, can kind of, you can relay messages well and people look up to you and respect you. I think um, that's a big takeaway from athletics too. Right. I definitely think that being a good communicator will ultimately help you throughout your whole entire life. But also we had to communicate with, you know, people that we were playing with um, too. And that's something that doesn't really happen in other sports. So just understanding how to stay like level-headed with that as well is a huge takeaway to that too. For sure. Yeah. That is another level to it. It's like, you don't get to play with your team, you know, as much as we would love to just all play together. Like you're always with girls from other schools. So being able to handle, you know, the ups and downs that go with that is really important and staying level-headed and just being able to, you know, even if you're having a bad day and stuff like that, still being able to uh, be a good leader and communicator, just like communicate positive messages, even when you might not be having the best day or the best weekend, I think is also a good takeaway. Well, I'm glad you're using everything you learned in athletics in your real life now. Yes, thank God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what hobbies have you continued or picked up post-graduation? Well, I'm still golfing, so that's good. There you go. <laughs> still, do, still doing that a lot, which um, is no surprise. Um, other hobbies? Let's see. I'm really just, I've been working out quite a bit still. Um, I kind of just made my own like workout routine that I try to follow. I've been running a lot more, running a lot further than I used to, which is kind of cool. Um, and I've just been like reading a lot more. I found that I never really read like when I was younger or in high school, really. Like I always thought it was a chore. But now that I've been graduating and stuff like that, I've kind of taken up that hobby of just like finding good books that I like and, you know, trying to find suggestions from other people. Um, just about like manifesting goals and things like that. Um, I thought that's been kind of interesting. So yeah, that's another thing I've been doing. That's super awesome. Going into your career, can you walk me through what your current career choice is and what you've been doing? So I majored in accounting. Um, I originally wanted to become an actuary, but ended up just liking accounting a lot more. Uh, So like I said earlier, I was in um, like Beta Alpha Psi at Whitewater, which was super helpful in networking um, and just met a lot of really great people through that. And um, after completing some internships, decided I was going to stay in like the audit practice. That's kind of um, what I stuck to. So I'm working in public accounting as an auditor and um, I'm just like a staff accountant still, but um, it's been really good. I am still learning quite a bit, but 
my past internships were super helpful, which was um, all props to Whitewater and like helping me get those. So um, it was a really good transition. And yeah, I've been liking it. I'm a huge math person. So obviously that's <laughs> where that kind of comes from. But um, also, I mean, accounting is just a really nice career and the fact that people are really, I mean, I communicate all the time with my coworkers and everyone's super friendly. So just like having a good team around you is really similar in golf. You know, it's like you have a team that you rely on and communicate with every day. And um, it's a really similar way of, of going about your day. Well, good. I'm really glad that you're enjoying what you're doing. That's really important. I know it makes life a little bit better. Yeah, that's for sure. Lastly, can you touch on how you are continuing your golf career post-college? Yeah, so that is kind of something that I decided on, I guess, during college that um, potentially I would try to continue um, once I graduated. So it is kind of a difficult um, road, I guess, just because as an amateur, when you're trying to play in um, professional tournaments and things like that. There is a lot of travel and a lot of entry fee costs and things like that. So at this point, I'm really just trying to focus on my game and, you know, like focus on my short game and, you know, definitely trying to like hit the ball a little bit farther and things like that. Um, I did end up getting some new clubs that I'm working on. So I'm just trying to um, really fine tune some of those things and obviously save up some money so that I can pay those entry fees but um down the road I definitely would love to um try out some professional tournaments and see where it goes but um it's kind of not at the top of the priority list right now but definitely will hopefully do that down the road I think that's really awesome and I think you're definitely going to inspire a lot of females to you know continue with their dream of playing after college for sure yeah I hope so my last couple questions are a few hitter questions before we wrap everything up. So okay. I'm going to go right into those. What is, who is your favorite male or female golfer on the tour? Favorite male golfer is definitely Jordan Spieth. Um, female, probably Lexi Thompson. She just like bombs the ball. So it's fun to watch her play. I always watched so her growing up. Yeah. Um, and I just love, I mean, she always has like, it's the same like outfits that Ricky with like the super neon, like bright stuff. I love that. So she yeah, right. has to watch. Your favorite professional sports team? Green Bay Packers, for sure. Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> what about your favorite restaurant in Whitewater? Ooh. Um have to be Rosa's for sure I miss that a lot the past few it's so good years when I was gone that was definitely my favorite just like everything on the menu I tried was amazing so and I just love Italian food in general so I totally agree what about your favorite spot on campus hmm probably Highland I was lucky and as a business major to be in there all the time but that was by far the best place to like do homework and study, which is where I spent a lot of time. So any of those classrooms are like, they have those super pretty like glass windows and the staircase and stuff like that. That was probably my favorite spot. Definitely makes going to class a lot easier. It does for sure. 
And lastly, what is your pregame ritual, which I kind of asked you before? Hmm. Lots of deep breaths, that's for sure. But um, I would say on the putting green, I usually would just do, um, right before I would go to tee off, I would just do 10 three-footers in a row, like around the hole, um, just to hear the ball go in the hole, hear that sound, and then just get ready to go right after that. Well, that's great. I loved doing that too. It definitely gave you the confidence that you needed to go into that day of golf for sure. Yes, that's definitely one of the best ones, I think. Well, Ashley, thanks again for joining to me today on Inside Warhawk Athletics presented by Ed Ed Educators Credit Union. I appreciate the time and I wish you all of the best moving forward. Thank you so much, Kelly. Good luck this See you year. later, Ashley. Thank you. Bye. Bye.